Welcome to the LA Soccer Hub show. My name is Gio Garcia. Today is Saturday, September 5th. Um, joining us today is Delmi Barrias from LA Sports Access. Delmi, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on today. So we got a big game this weekend. Um, obviously, tomorrow we got El Trafico. You and I are both going to be in there. But before we get started with that, uh, talk to me about your journey, about being a, a sports reporter, a soccer reporter, um, you know, especially you being a woman in the sports industry. Yeah, well, um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoyed it. I started off doing NBA, transitioned to WNBA, now doing MLS full time. Um, and it's been super fun getting to cover both sides to it, really, especially here in L.A., having LAOC and L.A. Galaxy, a lot of content, a lot of things going on. It's an exciting time for soccer here in the city. So it's been it's been a good time. I'm really enjoying doing both of them. Yeah, and it, and just how the rivalry, we've seen, like, the rivalry just grow within the last couple of years, you know, with both sides, you know. Um, obviously, both teams are, are currently rolling, and it's just to see that, you know, us being there, like, you know, with the teams and stuff, but also see it grow with the fans, which I think is the most important thing, and just seeing how that rivalry and that passion is growing, it's, it's really exciting. And, you know, just even, like, some of the funny, like, Twitter beefs that fans have with each other. <laughs> Yeah, you definitely you definitely get entertained by the whole thing for sure. Obviously, both fan bases pretty much hate each other at this point. It's such an <laughs> exciting rivalry, like you're talking. So it is the banter is definitely a part of that rivalry, which is kind of I feel like what's missing a lot now. Obviously, no fans in the in the stadiums. You you're missing that atmosphere. But you definitely hop online and it's like, you know, nothing has changed. Everyone's still bantering back and forth and mm -hmm. talking their trash. But yeah, it's very fun to see how supportive they are and how loyal they are to their teams. It's insane, but it's very admirable. Yeah, and no, you, you definitely hit the nail on the head with that. Um, well, I will say it is so weird. It's not the same without fans. You know, obviously, I'm, we're fortunate that we get to go, but I keep saying this over and over again, like, Man, it, it, it's definitely different, especially like a rivalry like this. We know it's going to be intense, but like I keep telling people, like if you're at home, it, it's almost, I don't want to say it's a better experience, but the way they produce it on TV opposed to seeing it live, it's, a, it's, it's, two, it's two, two different experiences, you know? So Absolutely. I don't want... Go ahead. No, I was going to say, I remember walking into that game, that first game um, where the Galaxy ended up winning. And I remember thinking, wow, it feels so somber. Like, it just feels so, I couldn't even explain it. I was trying to get it into, into words to tweet it out. And I thought, I can't even put it into words. Like, it just, it definitely doesn't feel the same. They've done, um, I'm very curious to see, with, you know, if Galaxy does anything different this time around inside Dignity. But as far as LAFC, They've done a good job as far as trying to create that atmosphere. Obviously, like you say, it's not the same by any means. Um, it's, it's definitely just a weird time that we're living in. And I, I miss the fans. So I'm sure the players and everybody else definitely miss having them in there. Yeah, and, and I think it's just that we're so we're, we've been so accustomed that that's why I think to me it feels so weird. And to many of us, it feels so weird without the chance, without, you know, people yelling, you know, and all that, especially when a, when a goal scores and everything like that, you know, things, just the emotion and, you know, just walking into a stadium, you're so used to that for like so many years. And then yeah. you go in there like, oh man, where's, where's, where are the loud noises? But, but I mean, 
this time yeah. around, this LAFC home game, the, the noise pump. Uh, the, uh, way better. Way better. It was way better. Way exactly. better. <laughs> I know we complained on that first game where it just, it sounded horrible. I appreciated the effort, but I remember even the Orlando games, whenever they would do it on the TV, I know the players couldn't hear it. We could hear it at home. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember telling like myself and thinking, this is awesome that we can hear the chants and all of that. And then going from that to hearing it in person for the first time, I, I remember thinking, no, this is a big no for me. It's not going to work. It does not sound good. But this game, like like you're saying, it sounded way better. I know um, I was told that they definitely took the sounds. They took everyone's feedback. Um, they're very well aware that nobody was happy with the sound. Um, so it was nice to hear that that atmosphere change a little bit. And it definitely made a difference in comparison to that first game. But again, not the same without the actual live environment and energy of, of the fan base. Yeah, no, I completely agree. All right, so let's get into it. We got both teams. Um, we'll, we'll start with the LA Galaxy. Um, three straight wins. You know, they beat, obviously, they beat LAFC 2-0. They beat San Jose, come from behind, win twice, 3-2. to two. And just this past Wednesday, they beat Timbers in Portland, 3-2. to two. Uh, Before the, the restart of the season, I wasn't very optimistic of the LA Galaxy, but three wins in a row and I'm a believer I'm buying <laughs> all the shares on the LA Galaxy because of the way they be in teams and how and who they be in right these are great yeah. teams as well um and you know being LAFC at home beating Timbers at home speaks a lot of volumes about where Guillermo Valoscoloto is taking this team and where the mindset of every single player is at you know these last few games how, how do you see this team I mean, they've been impressive, to be honest. And I think I said this at one point, two wins in a row, you know, kudos to them, especially for the LA Galaxy, you know, the way that they had been playing, impressive. But I said, if they could beat, if they could go into Portland and beat Portland, then like you, I I will become a believer. I will have a lot more faith in this team. It could be the start of some bigger things to come. Um, But I've been very impressed with the way they're playing. I, I hate to say this, but it almost feels like, suddenly they're really playing with heart and like they actually want to win which you feel is an intensity that we haven't really seen from them and I think that's one of the things that's the most frustrating about watching the Galaxy play oftentimes it appears like they give up like they don't really want to be there like they don't really want to play they don't want to win and we've seen that completely change over the last three games and it's been awesome to see and obviously it creates momentum it creates confidence so going into the weekend I think it's going to make for a better matchup against LAFC yeah no I would have to agree with you on that and yeah I think we kind of had every right to think of the galaxy and the thoughts that we had because of the body language of what we saw from them Melissa's back tournament you know if you go yeah. look back at how they were you know not being able to close out games or finish games or just coming close but not being able to get over that hump. And a lot of things that I've seen, I've seen a lot of the adjustments um, from Guillermo Balascoloto, obviously by necessity because um, Chicharito and Jonathan Dos Santos uh, obviously haven't been a fully uh, – GDS hasn't been fully healthy. But, you know, some of the subs and some of the players that have fairly stepped up is obviously like Zubak, you know, in place of Chicharito. And then uh, also, yeah, Efrain Alvarez has played a lot. You know, he started um, last game, 
and he's he's been giving them a lot of a lot of momentum and you know just being just being able to get that start and also being able to score that first goal of the season is is pretty impressive and I think you're going to start to you're going to see that same lineup potentially against LAFC. Yeah, I completely agree and I actually I like Julian taking place, taking the place of Rolf. <laughs> mm-hmm. I have not been very happy with the way he's been playing. So it's been nice to see Julian kind of take over that one, at least for that last game. So I'm hoping we get to see him start again in that same position. Like you're mentioning um, Alvarez with his first goal. It was probably it, that, that entire play was probably the most perfect play ever. And for him to get his first, his first goal was amazing to see. And I'm actually very excited for him because it, it will give him a boost of confidence. So moving forward from that game, I'm excited to see where he's going to take it from there. Um, so that should be pretty cool. And also I kept seeing a lot of people obviously bringing up, I'm sure you remember, you're always at the trainings. Um, there was a time where Slatan wouldn't stop praising him and wouldn't mm-hmm. stop saying, you know, how good of a player he was and yep. how we're going to see great things from him. So to kind of take that interview and look forward a few months later to see where he's at, it's an exciting time for him. And he's so young. He's so young. He's what, 18, 19 years old. Yep. Um, so it's an exciting time for him. And I am, I'm hoping that he does keep the same rotation. Um, but also, who knows, considering that they did travel, these travel days on game days are brutal. They're brutal. And it's going to be a hot one here in LA. It's going to be a hot day. So I'm sure tire legs may play a factor to some capacity. But if I, if I were a GBS, I would definitely keep the same, the same lineup for this one. Yeah, no, and I'm just going, just going back on what you said on the Afrin Alvarez. I think there was like, uh, I think uh, I was like, I retweeted the video from Galaxy. It was like 19 touches from 19 different players or 19 different touches uh you know from la galaxy that led to that goal that that is that is just beautiful soccer right there you just kept possession you know from the back you worked the mid and all the way you got through the poland timbers and then you know efrain alvarez scored that goal that was a great play and like that's not something that we've seen from la galaxy this season i don't even recall a play like that last season and that to me it just shows the growth of this team, but also shows, it tells me like how, you know, how Guillermo has gotten this team to really believe in himself and really play the type of, you know, the type of soccer football they want to play. And he sees them playing. And and I like the adjustments that he's had to make. And, you know, he's had a count on the, on the younger guys. And like you said, Efrain Alvarez, he's only 18 years old. And a thing that he said about, about him, I think it was like last press conference. He's like, he's more of a professional, you know, I'm starting to see him more be more, more of a professional to me. That meant like, I don't know what was going on before, but that meant that Efrain was, you know, taking this a lot more serious, not that he wasn't, before but like there was just a different look in his eye that Guillermo noticed and you know whether it was in training and all that that then you started to see okay he went from you know coming in as a sub in San Jose and you know give him that boost off the bench to the next game being a starter and I think you're going to start to see you know hopefully you'll, you'll see him if you're a Galaxy fan you're going to see him start again and you know that is just that is just very exciting in a very positive way by the way, how they're playing and moving the ball around. No, I agree. And also going back to that, as far as him saying, you know, he's he's more of a professional now, I think he also even takes it back to this offseason. I know that he trained a lot. I know he he gained some muscle weight in there. He he took this offseason and made it the best he could as far as working on his game and working on his fitness level. So you gotta give him 
kudos for that for sure for taking this like you say not that he wasn't taking it seriously before but obviously he stepped up his game and really wanted to just come full force with this and then as far as like the touches you're saying 19 or so I think that also goes back to what a lot of these players have been talking about just being better organized and you can Mm -hmm. see that you can see that by the amount of touches and passes and just the way that they're playing on the pitch so I feel like that takes also like a big, obviously it's a big reason and reasoning to why they're being successful at the moment. Yeah, no, you make a, you make a solid point on that. Uh, you, you definitely see all the, all the, all the positives um, from the LA galaxy. Another player I want to hit on is uh, Christian Pavone. Uh, he's just, he's just been incredible for them. He, you know, he's playing on the left wing, but yeah, we knew he was talented, but this season, obviously without Slotton, uh, He's, I, I feel like he's being asked to, to do more, but in a, you know, in a positive way because he ha- kind of has to do more in order to carry this team. One thing I'm seeing, I'm seeing him be a leader. I'm seeing him obviously score for his team and essentially kind of on the offensive end, just putting kind of his team on the back. If, if you saw that last goal that he scored or that goal that he scored against the Timbers, that, that first touch that he had, and then, you know, cut through down the middle of the 18 and scored it, that, that, was, that was an incredible play. That, I mean, that's a top-level play. And I just got a stat right here. In 19 games for the Galaxy, he has eight goals and 11 assists. So he's pretty much averaging a goal and assist with the Galaxy. So that just speaks volumes of two what type of player he really is productivity that's what christian pavon is going to give you and he keeps showing that game after game and um yeah like you say a big a big leader i think that's something he touched touched on yesterday's presser where he was asked about being just a leader in that locker room for the other guys and i feel like he doesn't shy away from it he's really embraced on he talked about how from day one people have really just taken on to him and he you can tell he's just very focused on I'm going to do my best and do everything I can for this team to be successful. And obviously, like, you're, you're reading those stats, 19 games, 8 goals, 11 assists. You can't question his abilities. Like, you just can't. Mm-hmm. And the Galaxy just need to find a way to pay him because if they lose Pavon. That's a big a big hole that they lose right there. Yeah, I, I think there, there was, like, a clause. I don't know. I saw it on Twitter the other day that, the galaxy had a clause by a certain day that they, I need to, I need to find more information on this, but this is what I saw on Twitter. Just, just to pre. I know he has a contract through December. So through December, very, but I, yeah, think, through I think what I was reading on Twitter was that there was a clause by a certain date that they could pay out the, I think it was like a 20 million. Yeah. The $20 million fee or transfer fee to, to fully own him or whatever. So I don't know. I got to dig into that or, you know, talk to galaxy a little bit more on that. I think if they can find a way to keep him, I think Pavon would want to stay. He's been very open and very honest about how, yeah, he's not going to lie. He's happy here. He's enjoying the club. He's enjoying living in L.A. He obviously Mm -hmm. has a close relationship to GBS, a lot of teammates. um, There's that history there. So I don't see him wanting to leave. It's just a matter of, okay, can, can they pay? Can they pay what they need to pay to keep him here? Yeah, I think I think the numbers being thrown around twenty million dollars uh, for the transfer fee. So, I don't know. I don't know if that's to be true. That's that's what I've been seeing, and then I've also been seeing on Twitter, Galaxy fans and on Facebook, they want to start a GoFundMe for. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that too. I did see that. I said, take my money. I will contribute to this GoFundMe I mean, page. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll, throw, I'll throw some. I love watching them play. I love watching them play, but. 
totally worth it. And you know what? In some crazy, crazy world in my head, I, I genuinely believe they could raise the money. Is they that could. crazy it's or a, what? Look, it's LA. It's LA. <laughs> you could definitely find a way to raise that money. <laughs> People have money around here. Let them just throw it into the GoFundMe account. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so some other news. Um, obviously, Chicharito is out. Uh, we're not sure if when he, he may be back there next time. I don't know. Uh, GBS is, I think he, he mentioned that uh, Chicharito was training this week, correct? Yeah, he did mention that he's training this week. To me, it sounded more of like the reason, the only reason why he isn't playing tomorrow, it's because he has yet to train with the team. So he's mm-hmm. been training alone by himself. He said that he's doing good and well, no pain kind of a thing. Um, but until he gets trainings with the team, there's really no point in just putting him in at all. So I think he mentioned either Monday or Tuesday is going to be the first time he he rejoins the team in their training sessions. So if I'm taking a guess, I'd say that it'd be the next game that we would see, we would see sometime. I don't know if we'd, we're going to get a full game out of him or a start, but I, agree. Um, I, I would think that we would see some time for him at that next one. Yeah, I think it'd be for something like bringing him slow, like yeah. now, like probably like 30 minutes. Yeah, and the smart away. way to do it too. Yeah. The last thing he wants to bring him in and, you know, have him injured again. Exactly. So uh, moving on, we're going to go to LAFC. Obviously, we, we were there. They had a bounce-back game, beating San Jose 5-1 five to, five to after two straight losses. Uh, to me, it looks like LAFC and Bob Riley, they definitely have already – they figured out San Jose. Because every time I, they always have these, like, lopsided uh, scores. Um, you know, Vela, the last few games, he scored, like, you know, I think he scored a hat trick, uh, you know, against with them one time and San Jose. And when they were here last last year, I think they lost, like, 4-2. to two. So LAFC, I think that matchup is very favorable to LAFC. So I think they got them uh, figured out. So I wasn't surprised by by the by the left side of score. One thing I do want to see, um, I want to talk about, excuse me, is the lineup. Um, I just have it up here pulled up. Yeah. Uh, Latif Blessing, he started a right back. And you also had uh, Pancho Janela, who started in the central mid. And then, you know, of course, you had Jose Sinfuentes. Obviously, moving a Latif Blessing, who I call him the X factor. You know, he's able to yeah. do the so versatile. Anywhere. No, so versatile. I think that really helped out because he has that speed on that right flank that you know that Tristan Blackman does, and I think Tristan Blackman fits more in the in the center as a center back opposed yeah. to a right back. Um, and I think you know, positive thing that we saw, Andy Nahari played about what twenty minutes in the second mm-hmm. half. So I'm assuming that's going to be his role. But for for right now, I think we're going to see Latif Blessing. Uh, play right back because you just need that speed on the right side. Um, obviously, you got the speed on on the left side with Diego Palacios, and I felt like that's what they were missing on the defensive side because they're they're such they're such a you know a risk a risky team. Not, I want to say they're they're such a team offensively that you know you they're so aggressive on the offensive end that sometimes they're you know they're caught slipping on the defensive end and having Latif Blessing can you know you have a lot more room for error is what I'm trying to say. So no, I really, I, I, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, and I, I really like that you that they put Latif Blessing there. And, I, you know, Jose Sinfuente scoring his first goal, that that to me just, you know, spoke, speaks volumes to where he's headed and, you know, just finding the ball in the back of the net. And another player that I want to hit on, um, obviously, Diego Rossi scored two, two insane goals. He's back. And then Bradley Wright Phillips. Those two look very solid to me. Brian Rodriguez, I'm still scratching my head. 
I know that's a big topic of conversation, right? With fans right now, Brian Rodriguez. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I just feel like let's let's talk about it then. Let's talk about it then. He's just so inconsistent. That's Mm -hmm. that's honestly what it comes down to me. Um, I mean, he's had he's had some time now to adapt and to kind of you know get his feet wet. And I thought after Orlando, I thought Orlando was wonders for him. I thought it did wonders for him, and I thought that he was going to be able to come into this you know quote unquote regular season. I'm feeling more confident and us seeing a more consistent side to him, but it hasn't really happened yet. And I mean, Bob Bradley has not shied away from vocalizing not at his all. feelings towards it, which it's, it's a little funny in a way. But I mean, you and I know Bob. He likes he likes to poke the bear a little bit, I feel. Mm-hmm. Um, not just, I'm sure he does it, you know, in personal time, but he likes he likes to challenge these players um, publicly, I feel. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, what, what happens with him moving forward. I mean, like like you say, with Diego and and Bradley Wright Phillips, they're, they're scoring machines, in my opinion. Like, you're you're almost guaranteed you're going to get something from those two. With Brian, just all around, just even taking the scoring aside, just, he's just very inconsistent. And it'd be nice to just kind of see something there that looks promising. Yeah, um, and I think, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, but I, I feel like his effort sometimes is not there. He has so much speed that I feel like sometimes he doesn't get back on the defensive end when you know like and that's why he gets subbed out too not yeah. not just because of his scoring but because he's not putting the effort on the defensive end as well no I completely agree and I feel like maybe maybe his decisions can be a little bit questionable sometimes or mm-hmm. maybe sometimes I feel like he he questions himself too much to the point where by the time he decides to do something it's a little too late um but I don't, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him long-term with the team. I mean, I'm not one to just write a player off and say, okay, he's done. Let's, you know, get rid of him kind of a thing. Agreed. But but he's not helping his case. No, <laughs> Leave he, it that. Yeah, he's, de- he's definitely not helping his case. And obviously, Bob Riley has reiterated uh, to us yesterday about, I think it was about Brian Rodriguez, you know, because uh, I tweeted it out. I just talked about, you know, how he played and stuff. I wonder how much... Because he doesn't speak English, how much? Because it's not like this is what I wonder about Pavone, Rossi, and you know all the players that speak Spanish but don't speak English. How much of the media do they watch or hear? Yeah. Because it's not. It's in other, in other terms, it's it's not like the NBA that you know. Like, okay, when LeBron James is having a bad day, the whole the whole country knows. Yeah, because um, they're not they're not back in their home countries where like okay Rossi had a bad game or Pavone had a bad game, but obviously they're like obviously you know soccer is life over there and it's all over the news, and you kind of when they come here I don't know how much of that Spanish media they're really hearing about themselves compared to being at home. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, when you compare it, when you compare it, I'm sure there's no comparison. If we're being quite honest, just just the way that they play in these Latin American markets is just on a whole nother level as far as that limelight and all the eyes that are on you and the media and all of that sort of thing. On the flip side of things, I do feel like there are there are, you know, several a lot of 
of Latin um, outlets that do cover these things, especially when you talk about the bigger players like um, Rossi and, and Pavon and that kind of thing. And, and Latin media can be brutal. Yep. Like you think English media, you know, like if, if English speaking media is brutal, like Latin media will take you on a whole <laughs> nother level, which is Agreed. crazy. Yeah. Um, so I, I find it hard to believe that they don't know, you know, what's being said or what's being talked about. And also, I like to think that that Bob Bradley, you know, does not shy away from telling them, yeah, this is this is what people are saying about you and you suck and you're not doing a good job <laughs> because he's so he's so like blunt, you know, and just yeah. says it how it is that I in my head, I like to imagine that that's probably not happening, but I like to think that it is. Um, but I, I feel like they're well aware of what's happening. They're not unless you just never, ever go online, you know? Yeah, what, what I'm getting at, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, they don't they don't feel that pressure like they would if they were back home. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? No. If when you're you back home it. and you're, you're having, if Brian Rodriguez was playing this way in Uruguay, I mean, people could be coming after his neck, like, you know, the street, the fans and everything, um, because of the way he's playing, you know? It's just... And it's, it's, I think they kind of get away from that because um, the media is not that as big yet. You know, I've, I'm, ta- I'm talking about the sport as as a whole that yeah. it's not here yet. It will get to that point. Um, but nevertheless, he, whether whether he knows it or not from the media, he, he has to know he's not playing well. And on, on top of that, I, I, Danny Masovsky came out, came off the bench within like, what, 20 minutes left in the game or whatever. He scored a goal. I'm going to go out on a limb and Uh-oh. say if Brian Rodriguez does not play well, those minutes are going to start to shift. And one of those players, I feel like they could potentially get those minutes, is Danny Mazowski. I was because- so happy for him. So happy for him to get his first goal. And on top of that, I mean, it was against San Jose, who drafted him in mm-hmm. 2000, what was that, 18? Sure, he never really played for them. But it's his old team. So I feel like that must have been like a little bit of a cherry on top. Yep. Um, but no, I agree with you. I feel like if he if if time keeps passing where he has, I feel like that is one of the things that, that Bob has also reiterated about Brian, where it's like, it, it's not, he's too predictable. You know, he is inconsistent. He's all these things where you can almost hear it in Bob's voice where it's like, there are moments of frustration there where you just want to figure out why, why is this not working? Um, but I do agree. I feel like if he, if he doesn't step up his game a little bit to some capacity and show that he can be productive every game, it doesn't have to be scoring, could be in many other aspects of his game, then yeah, his minutes are going to start to shed. And I would not mind having Danny in there because I, I want to see what he can do. I want to see what he can produce a lot more. Bradley says, praises him a lot and tells, tells everybody about how good of a job he's doing and how he's improving and he's a very good listener and takes in all the feedback and applies it so i would love to see more of what he can do um so hopefully we get a chance to at some point hopefully not at brian's his cost yeah not obviously not but i'm just i'm just saying if things go keep going where they're going there's other there's other people that are hungry to get those minutes, and I definitely Absolutely. see Danny, Danny Masovsky just the way he scored. Obviously, um, Pablo Cisnegas is going to be the starter. Bob Bradley said he's going to be the next starter. For, he's going to be the starter for the next few games. He talked about when they he he spoke with them at the MLS's back tournament that potentially that the next time that they called up his name that it would be for a few games. So we've seen this 
story last year with him and Tyler Miller. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I felt like Pablo had a really opportunity, really good opportunity to become uh, the number one goalkeeper. Just things didn't work out for him. I think he wasn't playing well. I'm kind of seeing the same story this year with him. Um, I think Kenneth Vermeer after that game in, in Seattle, I, I, I talked with this in the last episode with, with Alicia Rodriguez that I could see a change. And, you know, I think this is at this point is Pablo's job to lose. How do you see that? I I hate to say it, but I do agree. You know, I've been I've been very vocal about my support for Vermeer just because I, I genuinely do believe that he has it in him to be a number one. I do. I do believe that. And I've talked to um, Zach Abdul, who's one of the keepers trainers. And this was this was right before all this COVID happened and everything. And and he had nothing but amazing things to say about Ramir about, I mean, obviously, when you really break it down, MLS is a different style of play, right? If you're going to compare it to the Dutch division where Vermeer is coming from, that kind of thing. And everyone knew it was going to take time for Vermeer to adjust. It's a completely different new style, a new country, a new city, new teammates, everything. So it's going to take a little bit of time. And it almost felt like he was progressing. He was starting to get a little bit of a groove there when everything happened and the games just stopped. And I almost feel like, and and I'm not trying to make an excuse for him whatsoever because the reality is that Cisniega is doing a much better job right now. But I almost feel like that, that interruption of his progression um, affected him and it affected him in bigger ways than anyone probably could have predicted. And something about you jump forward to the Orlando tournament. It's obviously a completely different environment. Um, MLS is different now. Just putting yourself in a bubble and going through all of that is going to be on an entirely different level. And then you restart or continue this season. It doesn't, I don't, I don't know that it necessarily surprises me that he has struggled um, in the position that he's in, but I, I would say that right now, I definitely would say that Cisniega should be the number one. He's doing he's he's doing very well. He's been consistent, um, and he's. I feel like in bigger moments, he he does tend to show show up. So right now, yeah, I would agree with you. It would be his job to lose. Yeah, and I I think Vermeer, you're right about that. Uh, Vermeer was playing well, and I think that I think versus Orlando, Orlando City, the game that they lost. That I mean, that loss was not on him. Um, it was more of you know how they covered that corner kick in the final minutes, and um, he was he was playing well. I think he had saved a Nani's PK in that same game, and you know you saw a big game from him. The biggest surprise to me was that Seattle Sanders game, and you know he just in my yeah. opinion he just really had a bad game. You know, yeah. as a veteran, you know playing, uh, you know coming from Europe, um, you know those type of things you don't really see from a veteran keeper and I think how just the way he came out on that second goal um, made it too easy for Jordan Morris to score Um, you know so I think I think a lot of that kind of had to do with it and obviously we're not in training and we don't know what happens in training and you know publishers and others can be having incredible training time and Bob Bradley and the staff is looking at that you know when Vermeer had a bad game so you know you also got to think about you know the situation that that, that LAFC was in, you know, they, they lost two games in a row. So you saw the change in the lineup. You saw Latif Blessing going, going right back. You saw, you know, Janela and St. Fuentes in the middle. And then, 
you saw Pablo Cisniegas and those changes worked, you know, and I'm not surprised that they made those big of, you know, changes because when the momentum's not there, players aren't playing well, you know, you got to switch things around and Bob Bradley has adjusted. Now we just got to see how it turns out for him, you know, and I hope the best for Pablo Cisnegas because he is very talented. At times, he does have very shaky games. At times, he does tend to have games like Vermeer as well. So I just think um, having that consistency of, you know, not having bad games like that, you can have a mistake here too, but something that doesn't really cost you the game. You get what I'm saying? No, I completely agree. And when you compare the two, though, when you're putting Cisnega and Vermeer, um, the reality is that Cisnega will give you a more quote-unquote consistent game, in my opinion. Um, and like you say, with them, with them losing two straight games, they did need to make you know, major adjustments to that lineup because if they kept going the way they were going, it was just going to keep getting worse and worse. <laughs> and the bigger the hole, the harder to get out of it. Yep. Um, but... But for now, I think he's a he's a right he's a right choice, and I'm looking forward to seeing um, his reactions and how he does on Sunday tomorrow against the Galaxy because obviously it's going to be a little bit more of a high pressure game. So coming off of this last win with San Jose, I am looking forward to see how he performs this time around. Yeah, no, it's going to be good. And and on the other side, um, David Bingham, uh. he he, he, didn't, he didn't he did not have a good game against the Timbers, but they won that game. I think that was it the second or first goal that he t- I think it was the first goal that he tapped into the middle. And it was he, bad. It was bad. And he tapped it towards the middle of the field, uh, middle of the box. And I don't know, the center player just tapped, just pretty much got it and just shot it in. And then, you know, instead of like making it go over the, over the back of the net, you know, for a corner kick or something. And then the second goal, you know, you know, he got beat near post when you're not supposed to get beat near post as a keeper. So, you know, it's they got away with the win. But for me, you got to see a better game from David Bingham. No, I completely agree. I think I think one of the big issues that I have with that Galaxy team is David Bingham. And all due respect to him, mm-hmm. I just don't think he's a number one keeper, in my opinion. I yeah, think a lot, mis- yeah, the, a lot of the mistakes he makes are costly mistakes um and he makes them too often like it's one thing like you were saying obviously you know they're gonna they're gonna have bad games a mistake here and there but i almost feel like bingham has these types of mistakes almost every single game (laughs) and um obviously not to not to say not to not put any blame or fault on the defensive end because that's like a whole nother conversation but just Bingham, I can't, I can't. <laughs> I feel like I, I need, I need someone else to step into that role. To me, David Bingham is not someone who should be having the number one spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I think even back going back to last year, I had a couple games that I was, you know, very surprised by the way, and he's continued those same games onto this season. I don't, I don't, I definitely don't see Bingham being the the goalkeeper of the future. I know they just signed uh, Jordan Clemson's son. Um, yeah, you know, I don't know what that means or potentially won't, if we'll see him. Um, but yeah, I think you just expect a little bit better from your number one goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, but we'll let's get it, let's get into uh, we'll look, we'll just update. Uh, obviously, Barbarella yesterday said that Vela and Twister are out, uh, positive signs. He said Vela was jogging, 
and that Atuesta was training with the team yesterday. So that's a big, big step for Atuesta. Um, yeah, because potentially we're gonna we're gonna see him at the next at the, in the next game if he's training with them. You know, and they start to hopefully slowly start to bring them back. You know, you can start potentially next game. We don't have any word on this, but we could potentially see him with the team. Yeah, I mean, obviously not having Carlos Vela has been a big blow, right? Um, if you take it way back to the Orlando tournament, and even so, LAFC did a great job adjusting without him and that kind of thing. But if you're asking me, who makes a bigger impact right now as far as missing a player? To me, hands down, it's a Tuesta. Having a Tuesta and K, um, to me, that partnership, it's it's what works really well. And oh, yeah. having him back, I think it's going to make a huge difference on every level, not just on the pitch, but also just from that leadership point of, of view. He brings a lot to the team. And I think not having him, yeah, it's been it's been a big blow to them. Um, and hopefully we'll get to see him a lot sooner than later. But yeah, good news that he's he started training with the team. So hopefully, like you say, we will see him in the next game or two. Yeah. All right. So how do how do you see this game turning out to be? Right, the yeah, big yeah. million dollar question. Yeah, eh? yeah, yeah. <laughs> LAFC, Galaxy, um, both teams coming in hot to this one. Listen, I've had a lot of people ask me, okay, who is going to win? I can't say that it's going to be a draw, apparently, because people don't like it when you answer no, it's going to be yeah. a draw. <laughs> um, in my opinion, if I had to pick a team right now, I'd say the Galaxy are going to take it. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest disadvantage that the Galaxy have right now is simply that they just traveled. They had a long day of travel to Portland. Um, I think, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think they they took off around 10 a.m. the day of the game. By the time they got home, it was like 3, 3.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And LAFC hasn't traveled. You know, they played here at home on Wednesday. They've had time to just rest and not have to deal with all of that. Um, so I do feel like that's going to be a disadvantage to the Galaxy. Um, it's going to be a very hot day, too. Um, tired legs. I feel like those are all factors that could potentially play um, into the result, but they are coming off three consecutive wins. They're on a high right now. They're on a big time high, beating good teams, um, having solid games. You have a couple of players, you know, they're scoring their first goals. You have Pavon, who is just on another level. Um, you potentially have Jonah playing more than 25, 30 minutes. To me, and they're playing at Dignity Health Sports Park. You know, they're back. They're back on their turf. Um, to me, I, I'm going to go with Galaxy. Are going to win. It's not going to be easy, but I'm going to say, and maybe this is wishful thinking, but I'm going to say it's going to be three two Galaxy. That'd be that. That'd be the third game in a row being three two. Yeah, it would. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I hope, and I hope it's a high scoring game like that too, because those are always the best. Yeah, me too. So so hopefully that's that's the case. But I also know LAFC, LFC's pissed. You know, they don't they don't yeah. like the fact that Galaxy came into their into their stadium and, you know, did what they did. So exactly. I know they're going to be they're going to be angry. They're gonna walk in there giving it their all. But I do think the Galaxy are going to be ready and prepared for that type of intensity. Um so yeah, I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping it's gonna be a high scoring game a good intense game and that it's going to be physical and we're 
that were going to feel like they want it, you know? Yeah. Um, no, and I would, I would just have to agree with you uh, on that. Uh, I feel like Galaxy um, is, is shown to be more of the physical team on their last three games with, you know, with LAFC, with, with San Jose. That was not an easy game. I was there for that game. And then to beat Portland at home as well. Yeah. So you, I just, I just been able to see the physicality, just the, the, this is just a whole new team. You know, this is, to me, this is a whole new team. Yeah. Just the way they're playing, just the momentum they got, you know, the way Pavone's moving, the way you got Efrain Alvarez, and now you're going to have a fully 100%, I mean, uh, not 100%, but you're going to have a Jonah Dos Santos that's probably going to play maybe a half, more 45 minutes, you know, he may come in at halftime. Um, you know, so there's a lot of things, a lot of things running, and, you know, Obviously, Guillermo, we we asked him, and he said, you know, they're, they're like, he was like, LAFC is so dangerous, you know. This He's like, whatever happened a few weeks ago happened, but he's like, this is a whole new game. And, you know, Absolutely. obviously, he's, he's very focused. And just the way they've been playing, I definitely – I would give the edge a little bit more to Galaxy just because of how they played these last three games. Obviously, they're going at home. Now, this doesn't mean that LAFC can't win, um, but I would – I could see – a galaxy win or a tie. I don't want a tie, but you know, just just the way these teams are playing, it's a lot more. Uh, it's a lot more equal than I thought it was. You know, yeah. about, about a couple of weeks, I I would have said LAFC just because, but this, like I said, it, this is a completely new galaxy um, team of the plan. And obviously, LAFC, like you said, is pissed about you know getting shut out at home, and they're gonna come. You know they're they're gonna come with you know with their with their firepower. You know with you know Rossi and Bradley Wright Phillips up top. You know and that you know and that midfield is starting to get better. Um, I'm just gonna see. I want to see how on LAFC side how they defend their counterattacks because you got a lot of speed. You know with Pavone. Right. You know Efrain Alvarez can you know pass it and then you and, and makes those runs as well. Um, is, is I want to see how that speed matches up with you know Pavone. Is going to be pretty much lined up with 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 uh, with uh, Latif, and then Arajo is going to be lined up with Diego Palacios and Palacios and Arajo. They got into it last game. You know, I don't yep. I don't know if you remember that. They got very chippy. So this game is going to be it's going to be excited all the way around. Yeah. <clears throat> because if Galaxy win, you're talking about four games in a row. Yep. Winning. And I you know. and I think what is it is it one point difference right now between LAFC and Galaxy? Am I wrong? Yep. Let me let me look at a let me I gotta look up at the the standings because um, I think it's very it's very close. Very let close. Let me I'm pulling them up right now. Yeah, yeah it's uh, very close, and at this point, both teams have a lot to lose or win. Yeah, LAFC, LAFC is number three on the Western Conference with twelve points, and LA Galaxy is at number five with eleven points. So it is a one okay. point difference because yeah. Minnesota has eleven points. So yeah, it's pretty much a, a one point difference. Um, so yeah, one team can, you know, surpass the other, uh, you know, make that, make that, make that bigger distance from each other. But overall, it, this is going to be a very, very exciting game. Yeah. Like, like I was saying, like a lot, a lot to lose and then a lot to win for both teams, for both teams. And then you add on that rivalry and that intensity of that hatred, you know, the yep. crosstown rival, I, I, I know there's been a lot of talk too at how close these El Trafico games are happening and whether or not they're losing that um, that special quality about mm-hmm. them being a rivalry. But to me, so far, I, 
I, I don't feel that. To me, they still feel intense. You still feel, feel that animosity between both teams, especially now because they're so close on those standings that with, with three points, with either team getting these three points, we just skyrocket them um, closer to the top. And, and for me, it's just very exciting to see the Galaxy play, play their game right now. Like you're saying, they're, just, they're a completely different team than what we saw in Orlando. And that's exciting to see, to see them, you know, wanting this and to see them playing and to see how they could potentially completely turn this around. And if they win this game against LAFC, like you said, it's four wins in a row. Can you imagine what that will do moving forward? Just... just even just with their confidence alone, let alone every other detail in the spectrum. But Yeah, the, the confidence, and then they're also supposed to get Yanni Gonzalez sometime yeah. soon. You know, you're just adding more weapons to the team. Um, and and Chicharito will come Chicharito, back at some yeah. point as well. Yeah, I feel like Chicharito has to – you need a healthy and productive Chicharito in yes. order for this team to go far. Like, you need – you said it perfectly. You said healthy and productive. Mm-hmm. I, I understand a lot of the talk that people are saying at this point. They don't want Chicharito to come back. You know, the Galaxy are doing so well. Nothing against Zubak. He's, he's been doing an overall great job. Um, but you, you can't compare. You, you really, as much as people like to dislike Chicharito and, mm-hmm. you know, say what they say about him, you, you really just can't, you can't compare the two. And when he's healthy and productive... I mean, then you're going to get an LA Galaxy team, you know, at the top of their of their game and we'll really be able to see what they can do. Yeah, no, and, and, and that's, I mean, that's the point I made, and I, and I agree. You're, you're going to like uh, the game, uh, going and watching the game at Dignity Health Sports Park because where they, where they set the media, it's a lot lower than where LAFC, and you can actually hear the players yeah. a lot more, yeah it's it's a little bit more intimate we're not we're not like where the photographers are at yeah but we can hear i mean i was able to hear what bingham had to say well bingham when he got you know he got scored on the first time he was pretty upset i heard everything that he said was he cursing and stuff yeah he was cursing so you, you, hear, you hear everything <laughs> good which, because which, we can't hear that at lafc <laughs> not at all you're so we're so high up there that that's why to me i i mean it's it feels great that we're up there, but <laughs> being close down there close and hearing what the players are saying and, you know, obviously, you know, the chatter that goes back and forth. That's, I mean, that's what I love. You know? Me too. It, there's something so interesting about that factor of being so close where you can hear how the team communicates, you know, like you can yep. see who the players, what players are the ones that are the talkers, the leaders, the ones that just don't talk at all. Like it, it really tells you a lot about their character and, just themselves as a player so it adds a whole other element to it so i am i am stoked that you get to do that with galaxy it's going to be my first game back at the dignity um since you know march or february whenever that was um so i'm stoked i'm stoked to see to see the setup and hopefully they'll come out victorious on that one yeah one thing another another matchup to see it's not so much of a matchup but to keep an eye out um bob Bradley and guillermo scalotto Last game, many people didn't notice, but because I think Galaxy, I think Galaxy got hit. One of the players of either team got hit, and Bob Bradley and Guillermo like were like kind of talking back and forth, but they weren't happy with each other. Obviously, LAFC was losing at that point. Guillermo, I think, was still putting on the pressure to go for a third goal. Yeah. Um, so obviously, the love is not lost between the coaches, you know. No. So that, that watch for that watch for that not saying that 
a fight's gonna break out, but you might see them, you know, just go back. And, and I'm not forth. gonna lie, it's kind of nice to see this side to Guillermo because yep. I mean we see this side of Bradley all the time, right? He's not afraid of getting in your face and saying what he thinks, and you can see all that intensity. He kind of just wears it on his sleeve, like his emotions on his sleeve. With Guillermo, he tends to be a lot more reserved. Yep. Um, obviously he he is vocal and he will talk to his team because he needs to and that kind of thing. But to see that line get crossed where he really you really see him fired up and see emotion coming out of him specifically towards the opposing team whether it's a player or a coach it's a treat yeah, yeah, <laughs> like it it's a real treat so it's that i feel like that goes to show just how much intensity and animosity and build up there is between these two teams and this rivalry no matter if they play against each other six times or two times a year they're going to continue to elevate that intensity um so it's always it's it's nice because it's something to also look forward to with these. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I can't I can't wait till tomorrow. So tomorrow's game starts at I believe at seven thirty p.m. Yeah. So it's gonna be a good one. Tell me, I believe that's all the time I have with you. Uh, appreciate you being on. Um, before we let you go, let the people know where they can follow you. Uh, you can follow me at Delmi Barrias on social platforms across across all social platforms, I should say. And um, you can follow along LA Sports Access for all the video content, tons of stuff up on there all the time. So feel free to binge watch. Yeah, she got, she puts up a lot of great quotes and all the content there. So make sure to give her a follow. Guys, if you guys like this episode, make sure to give this podcast a five-star rating. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, also, check us out on our social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all those things. And you can follow me on Twitter at Gio Garcia LA. For Delmi, this is Gio. Guys, thank you. Catch you guys next time. Peace.